Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. Great show today. We got uh, toy time. We got special guest. We have... Haircutting um, and ear pain. There was something else we had. Wasn't it a uh, snack? Was it? Did we do snack time? No, not this one. No. You know what? Do you want to do snacks? Fuck snacks. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm I'm done. I gotta stop swearing. This is this is this is, this, is a, this this guy's trying to. He probably goes home and tells his wife again with the swearing. I can't even. I can't I'm even. Trying. I can't even use this in the office. Um, so yeah, great show. By the way, at Dr. Cohen's office here in Los Angeles, you walk in, and I don't see this a lot in a lot of doctors' offices. What is it? Fish tank. Oh, the fish tank. Right. <laughs> That's how Sebastian shows me I had the best fish on the block. <laughs> He's like, Where can I find Nemo? It's in my office. At Beverly Hills Pediatrics. Yes. All right. Looking forward to uh, today's show. This is the intro, right? Intro. Yep. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. It is time for the mailbag, or like Sebastian likes to call it the bag we're gonna jump right in to the bag so we got aloha daddy versus doctor my wife and i just had our second baby a few months ago she is much more mellow than her baby brother and sleeps almost the entire day seriously she is almost never not sleeping should we be concerned is there an optimal amount of sleep for babies and how does that change as they grow up how many naps do you recommend a day aloha miko and honolulu I like that we have viewers in all 50 states. We're uh, we're global. We are. And, yes. Uh, so you remember this period with, with a newborn sleeping? I remember the period of the newborn sleeping. I also remember it, obviously, now what's going on with sleep. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a chart somewhere that I read the amount of sleep that kids are supposed to get at, at specific ages. Right. right? And it decreases... As they get into their teen years, sure, I believe. Yep. Um, what fourteen hours newborn? Yeah, I mean the first couple months are really all over the place because I have my two to four rule. So most babies feed every two to four hours for the first two to four months of their life, and we add in when they take bottles. They usually take about two to four ounces. Other than feeding every two to four hours, honestly, if they spend most of the time asleep, that's actually normal. And so I usually say as long as they're feeding every two to four hours and they're gaining weight, what they do in between sort of up to them. Then what typically happens is we try to get them more on a schedule and get them sleeping through the night, hopefully around four months. And then the goal is a minimum of 10 hours at night without hopefully being picked up or fed. And then they're typically taking about three naps, minimum of one hour each. So minimum sleep is 13 hours in that 24-hour period. 
and there's never a maximum as long as they're feeding and, and gaining weight. So then you drop to two naps somewhere around six months. So they do two naps from six months to about 18 months and at 18 months, one nap. And then usually they drop a nap around three. So that's typically the nap time. And you're right, you're hoping to get 10 hours of sleep throughout that period. And then when they're getting older, unfortunately, like the preteens, yeah, 10 hours, you're lucky to get eight or nine hours after that. So that's the typical stretch. But I think what this mom's describing, first of all, the hardest thing is comparing to an older, another sibling, right? A lot of kids are feeding and then they're up and they're super alert in between and other kids are just sleeping. But as long as they're gaining weight in those first couple months, if they're feeding well every two to four hours and they're sleeping a lot more of the time, that's normal. And to your point, as they get older, you hope the nighttime sleep increases and the daytime alertness increases. Mm. It looks like I put you to sleep. That's right. <laughs> How much sleep do you get every night? <laughs> it's like a glaze, like the donuts you sent the doctors. It was like a Krispy Kreme glaze over your eyes <laughs> as I was talking. I should come to your house, and when you lay in bed, I'll just talk to you, and you just go to sleep. <laughs> I'm so glad you picked up on that. Uh -huh. <laughs> as you were talking, uh -huh. right, I was thinking, I was listening, but I was also thinking, Wow. Wow, I hit a wall. <laughs> I hit a total wall. And if you should isolate me uh -huh. listening to uh -huh. Cohen and, uh -huh. I don't know, play some like music over like I'm about to go to sleep. Just There's a common theme with our show that I'm very passionate about the topics I talk about, but nobody else seems to care very much. It's okay. No, I, I care, but I was like, I was stunned how I got hit with a ton of <laughs> On a bricks, right when you said you know it, it's, the, like, it's the it's the wow. four, the four the four pounds of taffy you had on episode number twenty nine. Okay, it's crazy. All right, now I got a good laugh. I got some oxygen uh -huh. in me. Serafina sometimes will scream for me or mommy uh -huh. at night. Now I go into the room to see if everything's okay. Sure, or Lana will go into the room. Sometimes when she's sick, I'll lay with her. Okay. And then sometimes when it's just, she's scared, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll lay sure. with her a little bit. Oftentimes, I'll be facing opposite of her. Uh -huh. I'll wake up to turn around and I'll look over and she's wide awake. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. I'm wondering throughout the course of the night, mm -hmm. how much actual sleep is she getting? If she goes to bed at seven, right. wakes up at 630. Is there a general, even though they're in bed that long, right. are they sleeping that long? I mean, most of it they are, but the when you're going to sleep, often kids will be awake, they'll recount their day, you'll hear them talk to themselves. And I, Gesundheit, oh my gosh, this is like, it's a whole situation going on over here. Do you want a break? Get in my coffee. Um, so going to sleep, often they'll just be awake talking to themselves. And I actually don't mind that. I consider that downtime. That's mm. them self-soothing. And that's almost as good as sleep. At least they're not roaming the house, watching yeah. TV on electronics. And then I think a lot of times if you're in bed with her, yeah, she's going to be up more because she's like staring at you and things like that. But I think the majority of it's probably Okay. Sleep. I sometimes often wonder. I thought she was just staring at your back. You turn around <laughs> and you're like, why are you looking at me like that? 
Still sucking her thumb, by the way, and still yeah. has right, a diaper. You got my wife. You're good. The diaper at night. You're good. Okay. All right. right. You're good. Coming on so six. Otherwise, six will talk. Okay. All um, right. There you have there it. There you have it. Honol- Thank you, Honolulu. Honolulu. We have a caller in the oh, bank here. We do. Caller. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah, man. We hear you. What's going on? How you doing? Thanks for joining us here in the uh, the Daddy versus Doctor show. Doctor Scott Cohen, Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, we understand from our crack team here of producers that your son has a problem getting his hair cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't have a problem before. The first few times we took him to the barber, he actually like looked forward to it. Uh, he was he actually pointed. He said, "Daddy, I need a haircut." So he would actually take him to the barber. I think I I think went maybe three times, and then all of a sudden he just wouldn't sit in the chair. I was he was kicking and screaming like crazy. Um, so I left, didn't go back. Tried cutting it at home a few times, and that didn't go over well at all. He just same reaction, just kicked and screamed like crazy. Uh, and then I went a third time to the barber and I literally had to like restrain him to the oh. seat. Um, you know, the barber had taken a chunk out already, so we were in it. Uh, <laughs> so it felt awful. Um, but I, I don't know what to do. He won't sit still for the haircut and it's just a new, uh, it's brand new. He just started doing this. So how old? Uh, two and a half. Two Leonardo and a half. too. Thank you. I'd appreciate that. Okay. So two and a half years old, won't get his haircut. He liked it. Now he doesn't like it. We had a big problem with our son getting his hair cut. Yeah. All right. Then after he looked in the mirror and saw how stunning he was, he's like, let's do this again. But And he gets haircuts like every Oh, he week. gets haircuts every Every time I every, see him, it's like, every, is that a one and a three I, and a five? I mean, he's got the numbers going. Yeah. This is what we did. I don't know if you're into it. We're not big um, on giving iPad or iPhone. However... While he got his hair cut, we put his favorite cartoon on the iPhone, and it kind of distracted him, mm. and he got his hair cut uh, that way. Some parents are like, no, I'm not using the device as a distraction. But for us, every- yeah, every short term, why yeah, not? Short term, if it, if it quells his fears, did it work? No, we tried the same thing. Yeah, we put on Toy Story uh, while I tried to cut it at home. I think I've actually iPads at the barber. Still no no go. Um, it's funny though. As soon as everything was done, the haircut was over. I said, "Okay, buddy, it's done." And he just looked up and said, "Thank you," and walked out. So yeah. I, it's like a temporary fear. As soon as everything's done, he's fine. And if I say we're going to get a haircut, he doesn't really freak out um, until we get there. Uh, as soon as we get there, he has this reaction. And uh, like I said, it's new. It you know he used to sit still perfectly fine. I don't know if it's a new fear he's developing. Yeah, I mean it definitely could be. Is it one of those kid friendly barbers like where he's sitting on something cool or they're doing fun things? Uh, sort of. Yeah, like they have the iPad there for them. Um, they interact with the the kid quite a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, the kid's running around with his botched haircut, <laughs> and I'm trying to resolve the issue. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think distraction yeah, tools, like you said, yeah, distraction tools. And then sometimes going with a buddy. I don't know if he has a friend that he likes that you could go at the same time. Cause sometimes seeing somebody else's own age do it like that he knows is helpful. And then sometimes, I mean, yeah, like sitting on your lap where you're like sort of hugging him and just getting through the experience in a gentle way, but him realizing at the end that actually it's okay. Cause it could be a real fear and anxiety that he doesn't like, but the fact after that, he's just like, Oh, okay. And he doesn't freak out when you're going, it's probably more of a temporary behavioral thing. And I think those are sort of the techniques. So, yeah. I also got my hair cut from the same 
uh, barber that my son got it from. So I sat down, got my haircut uh, first. He saw that yeah, daddy did, yeah. did it and that yeah. he had no problem doing it. So uh, we were fortunate, I think, to to be lucky in the sense that we didn't, that wasn't a huge speed bump, but I know a lot of people who have that problem that the kid getting their haircut. Does, it, does he have long hair? Is it short like yours? Uh, no, not, not as short as mine. He has beautiful hair. I'm losing it. So um, he's lucky to still have some, but uh, <laughs> he's still, yeah, no, it's, it's like mid-length, not, not crazy long. Cool. I tried cutting with the clippers at home, like I said, um, just because it was, it was getting unruly. I tried, I thought maybe doing it at home would be easier, but I'll try that maybe going to the same place. I think that's a good idea. Um, I think that might work. Maybe yeah. just seeing daddy do it, try to copy yeah, it. Or isolate. I don't know if there's a specific thing that upsets him. If it's the noise of the clipper or the actual cutting the hair, some people feel, you know, it's, you know, they think it's painful. It's obviously not or feeling a loss with the hair. But if you pinpoint it, revert, you know, like when you go to the dentist, sometimes like you get ingrained that just the hearing the drill is scary. Yeah. So I don't know if there's something there that he's reacting to, but if not, like doing it together would be a good idea. Yeah. From cool. Canada? No, it's on- yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, like um, outside of Toronto a little bit. Yeah, I, I hear it. I hear it. You can always tell these Canadians they got this accent. Hey. It, it just pops. Hey, yeah. Did you did you hear yeah. it at all? Yeah, I got it. Hey. Yeah, no, no. Huh. Hey, I don't think it was um, hey. hey. Was it a? It's about. It's like a, about. 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 Say, say about. Say about. 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 Yeah. There's. There's like a twang there. Um. Any. Uh, any. Uh, uh, any other questions for the doctor? Uh, not just. I, my initial question was about kind of the differences my wife and I have on on parenting. I think I'm a bit more like you know old school Italian. I I have a bit a bit more common sense, right? Like it's kind of the way I like to um, yeah. you know parent. If but yeah. you know you, you kind of just use your your common sense. Meanwhile, I think he's seen more healthcare professionals than I have in my entire life. He's gone to an orthopedic orthopedic. Uh, he has orthotics on his feet. He's got the speech therapy, hearing test. Um, goes to a naturopath every two weeks. Uh, my wife gives him all these vitamins. I, I just thought it was funny the the distinction between the two styles. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think there's a time for both though. That's what we try to blend. Right. And, you know, is there a time for common sense and a time to, you know, intervene, I guess. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, completely honest with you. Uh, your way, the Italian way is the only way. And uh, because you use the word common sense. He liked that. He's going to go home tonight and go I'm this way because it's common sense. It is a lot, a lot of the parenting that comes from, you know, immigrant backgrounds whether you be greek spanish italian a lot of that is just common sense no frills upbringing you don't got to introduce all the what the hell is it would you say a neuropath what the hell natural no what's that natural path like you know she he had an ear infection she wanted us to roast garlic and olive oil and put it into his ear Find alternative treatments for (laughs) what are we making a salad yeah 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 I think, you know, you can always have a lot of cooks in the kitchen, right? And somebody will always tell you what to do, and it could be different than everybody else. It's finding somebody who you you trust focusing on there. There's a lot of people. Yeah, I guess there's like the preventative versus kind of let it let it be. And I think that's where we kind of clash a little bit. Like yeah. where I, I, it'll work itself out, right? Like, you know, things, things tend to. Um, but early intervention, I think, you know, I guess it's a question for Dr. Scott, like, you know, at what point is that, you know, are there certain things you would say, yes, just try everything or are there other things yeah. that are, you know, maybe 
you can so, let slip a little bit. To more. your point, especially with a husband and wife who have different viewpoints, one may be more naturopathic, one may be more medical, or you know, let's let's go down that path. Um, I think there's a place for both, and it really just depends when it becomes a true medical issue for the child. And here's a good example, like ear infections. It used to be you came in with an ear infection, you left with antibiotics. And then we learned that 80% of ear infections are actually viral, and if you give them a day or two, they often resolve on their own. They don't all need antibiotics. So how do you judge? You come into me, and the child has a cold, and... I see an ear infection, but they're not really complaining. They look good. I'll probably give you a prescription for antibiotics and say, hold it for a day or two and see if they start complaining of ear pain or they develop fever, it went the wrong direction, start it. As opposed to it may heal on its own and doing other types of remedies, garlic or drops, is it going to do anything? I don't know. Does it hurt? Probably not. But when you get to the point where it could be something dangerous, like the child has pneumonia and they're having trouble breathing, and I know if you don't take the antibiotics, you wait and try something else first, it could be dangerous to the child. That's really when you want to take, I feel, the medical route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually have the same issue. He's had a six ear infections in a year. Yeah. Um, he's on two sets of antibiotics within four weeks. And I had that, let's work, let, wait a little bit, you know, wait a few more days and see if it works itself out. We ended up having to give him the antibiotics, it, you know, started to flare up. And that was the question we had. I said, like, can he just fight it off on his own? Or can it actually, like, do you need, like, I don't know, two rounds of antibiotics in a two and a half year old in, in six weeks or five weeks. That seems like a lot. Yeah, but it's, it's not it, you know, as it, uncommon as you think, especially we forget, you know, the last two years were a little bit of aberration with COVID that we didn't see kids as sick as much with the normal viruses that we see. And you have to remember that most kids get 10 to 12 illnesses in the first two years of their life. And most of those illnesses happen between September and March. So it seems like they're nonstop sick. And when kids get ear infections, often they'll get recurrent ear infections when they get sick back to back to back, especially in the wintertime. So unfortunately, it's not as unusual if they truly had an ear infection that needed antibiotics and then they got another one. Actually, sometimes you need a stronger antibiotic to knock it out and waiting doesn't work. That's the hard part. Listen, yeah. Listen, yeah. If, yeah. If, the- if, if, if Serafina has an earache and I call you, mm. say her ear hurts and you tell me cut some cilantro and a peach. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't do that. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't give you I, that option. I would say you can give it a day if I don't think it's a severe infection or like what happened just recently last month. She had ear pain. She had new fever. She yeah. had a cold. Ear infection. She started antibiotics. She was better the next day. Yeah, we weren't chopping broccoli. So, yeah. uh, that, was, that was kind of making light of the situation. I got it. I got it. I was okay. No, he went right into his medical head. No, what, what's going to happen? Okay. Thank you. Um, thank you for calling into the thank show. You. I hope you learned something. Uh, have fun up there in Canada. Stay warm. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, thank you. Listen, I again... It's not that I'm opposed to the natural way. Of, of no, I don't things. do it either. Okay? It's not something I know about. I just, I'm just, uh, no. you know, I don't, don't want to get comments. Oh, you're, you're, you're a paid pawn to the medical, to the medical establishment. establishment. Okay? Exactly. Not, to, not it's just, look, we were tra- like, I was trained in medicine. Yeah. I know that medicine. Yeah. I don't know the homeopathic remedies as well. Yeah. In general, if I know they're not going to do harm and somebody wants to try it and, 
the kid's going to be okay. There's no harm in doing that. But if I know that something will get better with medicine, why not use medicine? Absolutely. I grew up with a homeopathic route. I uh, had a fever. They put uh, sliced potatoes on my head to reduce the fever. So it's not like I'm against it. Um, But anyway. That's why you always smell like French fries. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got a, a, a segment here. Uh, this is our 30th episode, wow. which is a milestone. Yeah. And toy time has been a part of it for a short, of time, them, yeah. short time. Short uh, time. We want to bring in a toy here. Toy time. Uh, clean, sweep. Learning uh, caddy. Learning caddy. Oh, look at this. What's your what's your take on site here? All right. So it's got, you know, what you would typically clean the house with. You got a mop, you got a spray can, you got a, a broom and a uh yeah. A pail. What else? Now the packaging I, I see some of it was cut. I think I mm-hmm. think some of it was cut. Um so this is a leaf frog item and what the, leaf frog makes the, what happened? The fact that this wasn't cut. Prior to us getting it. Um, oh, yeah, you can't take them out. Are we returning this item? No, no, we got oh, it. You have to do it? Oh, got it. it I didn't know if it was because we were, yeah, we don't have a budget while, while and we need, to, we need to play with the item and return it all in the same yeah, day. Uh, this, this, we have to finish this podcast by 6 because Target is closing by that beautiful. So LeapFrog usually makes really good products that are, are good educational products for kids. Mm-hmm. So they can play with it and learn something as well for all age groups. And this is for ages. Um, this says mop, three hop, and, up. and spin, three, three and, and up. up. So what's interesting about this, and you probably know this, Sebastian, starting around, I mean, two to three, kids love playing with things they see around the house. Mm-hmm. So daily activities, the the broom, the mop, the pots and pans, the Tupperware, the toy kitchens, um, and this fits right in there. So I can imagine this would be a great thing they see you do because you're probably around the house mopping and sweeping all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, this is ridiculous, man. The way they put this stuff in here. This is nice. Look at this. Yeah. Like this. Give me a scissors that you use to cut cardboard uh, <laughs> paper. This you need. Uh, you <laughs> you need like a uh, what do you call a, a bus <laughs> a bus You need a. Uh, what is this? What is that? What is that? Is it was that a switchblade? No, that's not that. No, no. Oh, this is the Ginsu. Oh God! Now please. Uh, yeah, no. This is this is what we need. <laughs> this is. Hold on, you gotta. I, we've talked about this before. I, I think Patrick was mugged ten years. Nobody ago. needs a buck knife that size. So you know what? This. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Yeah, man, this is, I, I never I, thought I'd be sweating on a podcast. Just here, because you got you got to do it from behind. Oh, see, look at this. This is uh, listen. Take a look at this. I don't know if you could zoom in on this. This is uh, this is equivalent of what they use to handcuff criminals in a takedown. Zip ties. Zip ties. Right? You know how hard it is to get through a zip tie. It's like a handcuff. Okay. You haven't done one of these where you knew it was in the back like that? Nah, I might have. I just got a little little flustered. And there you go. There it is. And one more. Oh, no, you got this it. Pipe. All right. Oh, no, that's the... Uh, this is the... So very intuitive. I can put it together without any instructions. I like that. 
Oh, what else you got? Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I thought I could, but I can't. How do you get that out? Huh? Look at um, I think Look at this. Uh, Look there it. it is. All right. What else you got? Look at this. This is bolted in. No. Bolted, bolted in. Here. They gave you a little sweat cloth. <laughs> sweat cloth. So when you're finished, you can. Oh, oh that's it. Almost took an eye out, bro. <laughs> oh, my. <Yeah. laughs> um, if someone can tell us why it is so difficult to get into these things. We need a... Uh, yeah, see? Yeah, we need it's not a... That, it's not that easy, man. It's so difficult to, to break open a toy nowadays. The amount of... That, that has to just stay. The amount of debris on the table. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, but you, what's great about the toy is that when you're done, you can use it to clean up the packaging. Stop talking. <laughs> I mean that—that that is crazy. That is nuts. I mean, um, it's just unethical. Who's stealing these and buying them on the black market? I don't know, but uh, this is crazy. The toy is getting a zero out of five. No, no, based, you based can't on, do that. Based just based because on what it took to open. No, it's oh. a great toy. Okay, so Caruso and Serafina they have toys this. similar to yeah. this at the house, and they do. They walk yeah. around yeah. and they sweep look, look. and they mop. Uh huh. And they spray. Uh -huh. So definitely a good idea, I think, to get the kids involved. Look, look. We'll clean the mop. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. think I it's think kids as would exciting like as you're making it. No, I think a three. I think a three-year-old would like this. Yes. Um, because they could mimic the cleaning in the house. Okay. Or if they're coming home to home plate, dust it off. I, I I I like the gift. I I think it's a nice toy. I think it's very um, uh, beneficial for mm -hmm. the kids to learn with their own equipment how to clean. Yes, it's, right? a, it's a good lesson. Teach chores early on. Give you what chores do you give your kids? My kids make their bed uh -huh. in the morning. Do they? Yes. Yeah. All right. Every hospital morning. corners, like not military? hospital, but they okay. you know it's not like tight like a housekeeping at a five-star yeah. establishment but it's you know decent enough where they could get in a fresh bed uh i want to talk to you but can we remove like the yeah, yeah. The, the gang paraphernalia from the table oh yeah can we yeah. get the switchblade and the scissors <laughs> out of here as we talk about chores <laughs> no so wait what that's a good topic because what age did you start them doing some chores uh i started serafina making her bed at uh, almost four so oh, she's been doing it for great. about a year and a half she gets an allowance okay uh caruso makes his bed he's just started doing that he's almost four okay um they wash the dishes not all the time but yeah. there is a washing the dishes component yeah in the uh in, in the house cleaning they um clean their bathroom they clean the bathtub not scrubbing it but all the toys they take out so we're doing little that's a Tasks. lot. You hire them out? <laughs> no, I mean, I just thought for myself, again, you almost have to create this, this sense of like you need to do stuff for yourself mm -hmm. when growing up in an environment where things are done for you. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's very important. I had chores going up and I got, I got, you know, I had a vacuum on Saturday. I cut the lawn. I cut the trees. Mm -hmm. I did, uh, I washed the cars growing up. 
and not that I got an allowance, but it was nothing like big. I mean, we got five bucks uh, a week or twenty bucks a week or whatever. But I was, I was on staff yeah. at the house, and I, I believe, I believe that kids should learn these things young because now it's, it's it's embedded in her. She gets up, she makes her bed. I don't even ask. No, argu- ask. no argument. Nothing. No, no, nothing. That is great. She should teach my kids. <laughs> I'm gonna have her come over and do a TED talk to my teenage girls. <laughs> no, I think chores are important. It's, it's excellent. But, uh, so you gave this really how many how many lollipops? I give it a four, and I give it a zero I'm to get to get into it. Yeah, I was gonna say a four, but the getting into it's crazy. I would give up. I'd so, rather give him one of my regular brooms and Tupperware. Yeah. That's a great hey. jacket. That's like a Sebastian outfit. Oh, bro, this That's is great. great. I'm loving the outfit. Is this what Wanna we're wearing the to the premiere? That's what's going on today. Yes, it's the premiere fit. That's nice. Congratulations. Appreciate the game. It's a Zara. a Zara. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. That's a nice jacket you got there yourself. Yeah, I know that you're a stylish guy, so I had to whip out my zebra look. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the Savannah. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen man thanks for joining us on daddy vs. doctor today we know you got uh, two daughters a nine-year-old and a two-year-old right that's a gap yeah man it is we waited seven years and by waited i mean oops we're having another kid um <laughs> that's how that that's how that went got a little bored during the pandemic and uh made things interesting <laughs> well that's good um so you got two daughters um and you had some questions. I want to start with some questions uh, in regards to having a, a, our doctor here. Uh, do you sure. have any questions in, in, in uh, pediatrics or behavior or, or, or what have you? I know so, some of it was uh, social media. I do and, have one. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, because I, I was listening to you guys. I know you covered social media in a previous episode, so I wanted to give you something fresh. And this one, this one's right off the cuff. And let me know what you think. If not, we can we can double back to social media stuff because it, it's an endless conversation. Yeah. But um, so my daughter uh, is nine and she just started school this year and we were worried that she wouldn't make any friends. She was just kind of chilling by herself. but like, oh, no, you know, she's got like pandemic brain, like she's never going to make any friends. She came home one day. She's like, I have made this great friend. Let's call her uh, uh, Stina. Right. And now every time we have heard about Stina, it's like, this is a bad person. <laughs> like, this is an unsavory <laughs> character. It's so, like, I've thought about her six times since we started this interview. Because I'm just like, <laughs> the things that she, right? she, she's manipulative. She backstabs. She's, like, belittling. There's, I mean, she's talking about stuff that, like, she shouldn't be you're right. Like, you're just like, God, no, this is the friend that you came back. And so, you know, I'm biting my tongue because I know you're not supposed to be like, you can't see that kid anymore. It just pushes them further in that direction. But like, first of all, psychologically, you know, what is she going through? How do I protect her in that way? Because I don't want to like say something stupid and then she comes out with a complex. And then like, what am I allowed to say uh, in your opinion? Or how would you guys handle it? Oh, you got this. Well, I have my thoughts, but you had this exact scenario. Yeah, I and we've navigated kind of away from that 
particular individual. Uh-huh. Um, but it was Seen at it too. It, well, yeah, it was at a younger age. My kid is is five. When you get up into nine, right? No, no she's saying her his two year old. No, two year old. No, no, it's no. nine year old. Oh, the nine, nine year old. Nine. I was gonna say, okay, yeah, yeah. friends. Okay, no. nine year old. Yeah. So when you're nine, right? Especially coming out of the pandemic where maybe friendships weren't easily made. Mm-hmm. Now she finally has someone that she's kind of connecting with. Now that person in in the eyes of the parents might not be a suitable friend. Do you discourage yeah. the hanging out or do you let the the daughter just kind of find out for her own that yeah. this friend is not No, I mean it's happened to us and we do sort of a combination because I think as a parent, you know immediately, you're like, mm, I don't know about that one. That's not going to work out. When are we going to find that out? But you're right as a parent, and this goes whether it's friends or even relationships down the road, when you say, uh-uh, then they're going to like dive deeper. So, yeah. I mean, a couple things. One is, you know, we, we've steered away without saying it, right? Like trying to do play dates and other things with other people that she likes. So maybe she grabs stronger bonds with those people. And then when that person's around, if things come up that don't necessarily jive with the way you parent or the way you would want your child to behave, we bring that up. So maybe, oh, in her house, she's allowed to eat cookies up on the sofa and leave wrappers everywhere. But in our house, we don't do that. And actually, when you have friends over, since it's your house, we expect you either to tell your friends they have to clean up after themselves, I'm giving an example, or tell them they have to because those are the rules in our house. And then what's Mm -hmm. amazing is the kids are usually really good judges of character, especially, you know, they're like their parents and they figure it out pretty quickly. And I feel like, in every situation and it could take weeks it could take months but our kids come back to us and all of a sudden we're like oh where's so and so like yeah we don't really hang out anymore how come yeah she was doing these things and it didn't make me feel comfortable or you know i didn't appreciate how she talked to my other friend and we're like that's really great and then it becomes another secondary lesson where we can be like we really appreciate it. and that's the best thing when they figure it out because you can say, I really love how you were able to see that and you chose this direction. And it's more gratifying for them than you telling them that. Right? I think the only option, the that's other great. option, right? If it's dangerous, then that's a whole different situation, right? Like right, we're hanging right, out right. and we're doing drugs. Yeah, that we're knocking that out. That's not allowed. But if it's things that you can help them navigate and they figure it out on themselves, I think it's really rewarding and it helps them with relationships down the line because they figure out what works for them and not. All right. Do you ever think that people are having conversations about our kids saying, <laughs> yeah, they're about say, us <laughs> saying, don't hang out with those kids. They're no good. Do you, do you ever think it's happening in other households and people are saying, not my kids? <laughs> No, but what about the opposite? Have you met your kids' parent, like friends' parents, and you're like, yes, yeah, the kids fine, but the parents, I ain't hanging out with the parents. Just like I don't. I mean, here's the worst part: is like when there's nothing particularly wrong with them, I just don't like them. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like you know, like I had one guy come up, he's just like, man, we got to play some D and D together. We got, we can't wait till we hang out. I'm just like the pass. We're gonna pass on this. (laughs) Which is going to be, we'll get the kids together. 
we'll wave and then we'll go our separate ways. Please, I can't. <laughs> small then, doses we'll, with that. We'll we'll have a drop off, and you know the parents will make small talk, and then they'll leave. Oh, you know we should get drinks or whatever, and they'll walk out, and like we have like a co- you know it's like yeah we're not we're not getting drinks. Let's just do playdates. And- <laughs> I don't want to skip over the. Dungeons and Dragons reference. <laughs> did that really happen? It it did. It did. Seem like, uh, do you play Dungeons and Dragons? First of all, I don't know if you guys know. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. For, uh, do you? Listen. <laughs> listen. I don't know how well we know each other right now, okay? But <laughs> Wait, you own an eight-sided die? <laughs> <laughs> In no uncertain terms. My wife has put a ban on Dungeons and Dragons in our home. Oh. Not, I mean, it's just because she has the good taste. <laughs> Rightfully <laughs> uh, You know you're an adult man, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> so wait a minute, wait a minute. Take, take me through this. Dungeons and Dragons mm. growing up was yep. a game that I could not, it looked cool. I couldn't yes. grasp it yeah. in my head. It was too. It was too, too way beyond my yeah. my years. Is this something yes. that you started as a kid and grew into as an adult, or did you pick this up last year? <laughs> it was a coping mechanism. <laughs> it was COVID. They had I mean, a baby and Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. I had two things coming at the same time. No, I was a little kid, and I watched my older siblings play it. Mm-hmm. And it always looked so cool. And I was just like, get out of here. You're going to ruin the campaign. Like, whatever, get out of here. But it always seemed really interesting. And so, you know, I got, I did other nerd stuff. I got into comic books. I got into video games. And it was always this thing, you know, I was like, maybe I should dip my toes in D&D. And, uh, and I met my wife and her brother plays it. And like all of her brother's friends play it. And they're like, you should come and play some D&D with us. And I was like, oh. Like, baby, I'm in. Like, your brother's invited me to play D&D. And she's like, that's great. No. Because, because it takes over the house. There's a bunch of dudes screaming about, oh, there's a swamp full of fire. I can't believe you stepped into it. It's just like all of this drama for something that is completely made up. Yeah. Wow. So It's funny because we, we were just talking about after the age of 12, imaginary worlds being a little... Pe- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's a good escape. It is. So just so I've, I've got plenty of those. Okay. So so you're playing D and D. Guy asks you, he he finds out you play D and D, or is the D and D community really small where everybody kind of knows one another? I think it's my marketing as a person. You you just see the this, and they go like, that guy probably does some childish shit, and <laughs> for the like for the most part, they're right. They just happened to pick the one area that I could not, I'm not allowed to step into that. So it's, yes, it's one of the two things that are outlawed uh, in the home is D&D. And what's he? And, uh, and, and I am not allowed to do stand-up. That's the other thing. That's the other one. Why? Listen, I don't want to, I don't want to say they're the same thing, but, uh, but she's like, I think she knows like, because I'm an actor and a comedian, if I step into stand-up, I'm going to go hard. Like I'm going to go like, I got to perfect it. And she's like, if you want to do that, that's fine. But damn that life, that'll take you out of a home. And like, and it'll put you in a motel in Albuquerque. Like that's as, that's sometimes as good as it gets. 
And she's just like, if you want to do it, that's fine. But like, peace, <laughs> you know, Okay. which I kind of get, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I agree with the D&D being outlawed. Uh oh no! Uh oh, <laughs> the, the stand-up is a whole different story. I think that that you you could definitely tackle that, and you could maybe take the D and D on the road to Albuquerque. You know, See, oh, start doing traveling D and D. This is you're trying to get me divorced. Is what you're is basically what you're looking. At. I see you, Sebastian. I see you, sir. <laughs> all right i want to switch gears because there's another question you had and we haven't touched on this at all and, I, and this is a question i had for you um so your two-year-old daughter there's been a death your your um your pet died yeah right she has mm-hmm. a hard time processing the death of of the dog yeah when do you introduce or when could they grasp death yeah I mean, it is a bit abstract at that age. What did you What did you say to her when the dog died, or what words did you use? Or so we kind of run the gamut with it. She's a really verbal two year old. Mm-hmm. Like we tried to count how many words she knows, and we we just had, at some point had to stop counting. She knows she knows what boba is, which I barely got that like last year. <laughs> um, she's just a really smart kid, so we could tell her things like. Uh, first of all, we said, you know, Opie is, he's the name of our dog was Opie. We're like, Opie is gone and he's not coming back because he died. Mm. And she's like, ah, got it. What does any of that mean? Mm. You know? And so we're like, uh, Opie, Opie's body stopped working. And so he couldn't be with us anymore. And so he passed away. She's like, great. And so the first time it like, we're in the car, we're just chilling. And then she's just like, uh, Obi died. And we're like, yeah, he did. He did. We see her like trying to tackle with it. And the second time, it's just like, Obi died. We're like, yes, good. I'm glad you're talking about it. By like the 20th time, we're just like, yes, we, yeah, we know you have brought this up. What, what? But she still doesn't seem to understand. Right, she probably doesn't really understand what that it. word means. You know, we, when we yes. talk about, adult topics with kids a lot of times we transfer our own feelings of what we think they know like when we talk about sex like we have in our head what sex means and what's happening in the visualization but when they're talking about it they don't have any of that so it's it's that disconnect same thing with death like we understand everything but the word has gravity that's different for us and them and a two-year-old it's just very very difficult so she's bringing up over and over because she is trying to process it Um, Mm -hmm. and I like being honest and I like using real words. We try not to equate death, especially in kids to other things that can scare them. Like they were sick and then died because when then you use the word for yourself, Oh, daddy stayed home from work today because he's sick. Then they think, Oh, daddy's going to die. So trying to stay away from that, which you did, which is great. Um, opening lines of communication, like saying, Oh, but we can always, you can talk to the, you know, we can look at pictures, we can write letters, you want to talk to them, we can do all these things. And also, this is where faith can really come in. If you believe in something like a heaven or a God, and you can use those words that they understand, oh, he went to heaven, (laughs) it's often nice Mm -hmm. on, on a child to have that place that is a feel-good place that you know they went because that's going to come up later with other relatives depending on what you believe so a lot of different things but it's very normal when kids almost perseverate on that as they're trying to process it and you're just being supportive of that Mm. yeah interesting 
Now them them being nine and, and two and okay. having that gap, that seven year gap, because I had a big gap between my sister and I, not as big, but you know, five five years. Uh, do you find them hanging out? Uh, are they closer than you expected? Are they more distant? How how does such a, how do you manage a, a, a such a large gap in between uh, siblings? Yeah, it's been um, it's been really fun actually, just because like for instance, we just had the we had the Santa talk uh, for you know parents who have been through that, and and we were honest with the nine year old this year. She was asking about it. She was just sort of like, ah, you know, I don't know, and we didn't want to play that game of like, oh yeah, you know, we're like, they know that it doesn't exist. And then like, you also know, but the presents are still there. We don't want to do that. So she asked. And so what we instilled in her was uh, being a part of the magic. And that the, she's like, well, why do you tell kids this? And it's like, it's important for kids to believe in something magical when they're very little, because that keeps the world a magical place to live in. Like and it can still be fun and be interesting. And so she's just like, so into it now where she's like, oh, I want to take a bite out of the cookie and I want to make sure the boots are here and the snow and everything. The two-year-old comes in and she's just like, great, I guess. But like, she's the nine-year-old. It's just like, she's so into making that magic happen. And I feel like that translates across a lot of these things. This is kind of the best part of that split is that, you know, the older ones can have like a second life in childhood, you know, because they're so far apart. That's kind cool. of fun. So you so you told her dragons are real, but Santa Claus is fake. This is basically she's, what uh, Tooth Fairy. Technically, uh, <laughs> lives in Washington D.C. and and flies over to grab the tooth. But dragons, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel being like in that split as between like you and your sibling? You said it was like five years. Yeah, it was a five year split. I'm, I'm older. Uh, and we're best friends. I mean, we're literally best friends. Oh. I, I was, I stood up in my sister's wedding and I, I was like her maid of honor. That's, that's how close we wow. are. So, uh, uh, growing up, yeah, there, there was a disconnect just because, you know, I was going to nightclubs and she was going to, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the high school prom or whatever the hell it was. But as we grew older, I think we became, closer and we've often talked about this my wife and i we have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and we're you know tossing around maybe a third but my wife's like oh you know it's gonna be a six-year gap or whatever the gap is but i'm like you know what like to, to your point there's other positives that might come out of having a far older sibling than you know being so so close so I, I really like what you said i mean the older one almost reimagining childhood for the little one is really cool because what mm -hmm. i've often heard when there's a larger age gap is that those kids really are never together because they're always you know the way schools are one's always at a different school so you're plopping mm -hmm. that way so you don't have the same sort of social situation or friends um, and they almost grow up separately and you found a way where it doesn't happen that way, which is really nice, both of you. So that that's good to hear. Yeah, that. absolutely. And and you being crushing it, Sebastian. Uh, what's that? I'm we're, crushing we're it. Crushing this parenting game. Yeah, it's going well for us. I mean, he was a maid of honor. So <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean you're doing all right. We all have aspirations. Yes. Uh and, and lastly, I know you're busy, you gotta go to this premiere. What at this point in your parenthood life, uh, 
what struggles or obstacles are you coming across that you didn't maybe foresee or on the flip side, what are you most proud of up, up to this point as, as a dad? Yeah, I think, I think that the answer is kind of one of the same for me is that, um, you know, my, before we became parents, we were going to be teachers. And so we study child development. And we learned all these interesting things about how kids are not their behavior sometimes, how, you know, just their sleep and cognition, how they develop mentally, all this stuff, right? We kind of acquired all this information. So we came into parenthood just stacked, like we were ready to go. And the great part of that is that we knew that we had to stay flexible, right? Which is what I'm proud of. Anytime we have a problem, we know we can hit the research. We know who to call. We know who to ask and get information. I think the struggle with that is, uh, is that we have these really great kids that we've raised and sometimes other parents look at our kids and go like, oh, it's easy. They got easy kids. And it's like, no, we just work so hard at like keeping them in the lane and like keeping them balanced and making sure their brains are good. Um, and then the other part is, is like, sometimes there's so much information out there, guys. It's like, you, you can find any answer you want with research papers and proof. You know, if you're like, I, I would really like to, you know, grow my kid as a plant and just stick her in the earth. You could find a book that's been written about that saying it's okay. Right. Um, and it, that part can be really daunting. Um, where you get your information, I think is probably the biggest struggle. Like what do we rely on? There's so much there right now. So yeah, yeah that's pretty much what's going down. Yeah. It's funny, uh, you know, a lot of people rely on, you know, books or expertise when come to parenting, right? Now, I don't know how you grew up. My parents didn't consult nobody. <laughs> nope. Right? No. It was like, this no. is how we're doing it. <laughs> and you either like it or you don't. Now... There's been a shift, right? Where yeah. you 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 know, like, oh, what what is the article? I'm getting articles left and right from Lana about how you discipline right. kids, how you talk to kids, and I feel sometimes that the innate ability that parents rely on, uh, almost a gut feeling, like, no, really? this is what's you know, this is what my body's telling right. me to do. I don't want to hear about a paper that somebody right. did at Stanford University on how to do child rearing. Right. You being in the yeah. pediatrics field, do you, is it a little bit of both? Yeah, I mean, what is it, it? it's so hard to see your point. There's just so much information and it's so hard to weed through what is correct, what is crazy and what is everything in between because there are a lot of right ways to do it. And I think what you're saying and what we're seeing is why parents often feel that they're not doing a good job and that they're failing a lot is because there is something out there that's telling them they have to do it a different way. And I think mm -hmm. that's a problem. We, we put everybody in a box and say, you need to do it this way. And if you don't, you're not doing it correctly when there's a lot of right ways. And there is sort of a gut feeling of right from wrong. And it doesn't always have to be what the book or the study says. And that's how we should talk to parents. It's like, medically, I can tell you what I recommend 
because I know safety-wise that's the right thing and maybe development, there's probably another 20 things that you could do similar. Now, how do we fit it to your house? Because that's the right way of doing it because it can't just be the same for everybody because also kids aren't the same and parents aren't the same. And thankfully, the kids end up okay. But I think that is a, that's what it becomes so anxiety-producing. All the information out there, the, the Google University that we talk and you can just put in anything and get so many esoteric answers, it causes you to feel stressed like, oh, Am I not doing it right because the book says something different, Google says something different, and my neighbor told me I should do it differently. But maybe they're wrong. Maybe I'm yeah. right, you know? You know, I think too is like, I have a feeling that that our generation of kids uh, are going to be the best. Because like we had our, yeah, you know, we had our parents that were basically just like rolling the dice. I got sevens. We're kicking them out of the house. Like they were just sort of whatever, you know, whatever. And then you have, you know, us and, and our generation, we're pouring through every book because that's, we're not doing what our parents did. We're pouring through everything. We're trying to do the best, make decisions based on research. And then we're going to have kids who go like, eh, I don't want to read a book. They just innately know these practices, you know, that we've had to like really pour through to get to. They're just going to be like, yeah, no, I got this. They're going to be like balanced people, uh, which is totally wild when I think about you know, our kids parenting, but like, I don't know. I have a feeling just with every generation going like, I don't want to do what my dad did, that they're going to end up being the best. So look forward to grandkids, I guess, yeah. is, the, is the final message. With that. Uh, interesting, <laughs> interesting way to look at things. Um, listen, man, have, have a wonderful time at the premiere. We appreciate you taking a small amount of your time talking with us, shedding some light on parenthood, death, and- uh, Congratulations. We had, yeah, congratulations, bro. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. This is a great talk. Like, I, I really enjoy myself. You guys are really fun to talk to. Oh, thank well, you. Thank you. No, we appreciate Likewise. it. Likewise. Take care, brother. All right, D&D &D all the way. D&D all the way. So what, what, other, what other podcasts will you hear? I dip my toes into Dungeons & Dragons. I'm sorry. That's got to be a, a documentary. Dungeons & Dragons? Did adult D&D. Yeah. Did your friends ever play that? All I remember... Is and I never understood it. My buddy being like, you know, sky, my sky flasher is level seventeen and has these weapons and and beat this person. I'm like, but who decides all that? No, oh, we you know, roll the dice. I don't. I didn't understand it. Yeah, no, it, it's. Uh, but it's a big thing. It's a huge thing. Yeah, and uh, I'll never be a part of it. Nor <laughs> uh, <laughs> will my son. Uh, if I have anything to do with it, he's talking about like our parent. Our kids are gonna be the best kids yeah i didn't have any time to get into that i disagree yeah um you know i i often look at my father the way he raised me or my mother the way she raised me and i take kind of what they've sure. done to a degree and go okay that I was want to modify this yeah a little yeah. modify a little bit it's not like i throw it and trash it out the window sure right i mean <laughs> i think he was more like they roll the dice and if yeah. they got sevens kick it out I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that in my own household. I think we like to kind of take bits and pieces and 100%. apply it, right? And I would hope that our kids, that generation, does well because they see that their parents were hard workers. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. So. What well, a show today. Uh, we opened up a toy that took about thirteen minutes to get into. Yeah, that was the whole show. But once we got in there. <laughs> It was definitely uh, something that we enjoyed being the cleaning thing. Um, we had an amazing guest, Josh Bande. 
All right. I liked him. On his way to a premiere, he stars in the Amazon series Upload. He's also starring as Dennis in the new ABC comedy Not Dead Yet, opposite of Gina Rodriguez. We had him on the show. Two Kids, Nine and Two, also plays Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. Um, Exactly. Great guy. Great guy. And, uh, you know, had had the caller that called in about the earache and and the haircut, which hopefully we gave him some uh, useful information. Once again, guys, share the show with five of your friends. Very informative. Very entertaining. This is our 30th episode, and we are growing like a weed. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.